ever turn the lights down? Do you ever dance alone? Do you wish that I was somehow, some way, somewhere closer to home? Does it ever cross your mind? You could be happy alone. You're listening to the PCAST, presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take your own off the athletics department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you, the listeners, who make us worth sponsoring. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Kruger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked off-speed podcast, breathing in the fresh air of a new dawn. Not really. It's like 10-15, but this isn't a documentary. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Um, so last week... I think it's it's fair to say that uh, would you would you call it a setback for the women's basketball team dropping two to Martin and Southeast Missouri on the road, no less. Two. No, I think you dropped two games to, in my opinion, the two best teams in the league on the road. I think that by any preseason poll, Martin's one and Semo's three behind Belmont. I think Semo's better than Belmont. That's an argument for another day. You lost two of the best teams in the conference on the road. You lost two of the best players in the. You lost two not not. Two of you lost the, to two. the best. Chelsea two. Perry's the best player in the conference. Tizia Thompson is number two. They scored. They had career days against you. you I mean, what are you going to do at a certain I, and, point? And I, mean. I think I said it on the podcast last week about Martin. With Perry's going to get hers. You know that's going to happen. You can't. You can. You can. You can contain her a little. You can't really shut her down. She's a very Terry Taylor esque. You can't let some, Brian called her the Terry Taylor with the women's basketball on the OVC on the radio, that's, trying to explain it to our fans. And I think that's the best definition of her you can give. But the thing is. With her, you can't let one of the other good players for Martin go off for a career day. And Maddie Waldrop, who has had a slow start to her season, she's a pre or she's preseason All OVC. She was first team All OVC last year. Scored season high twenty two points against you. That's what kills you. Yeah, it's the. I mean, we see it time and time again with with Terry on the men's side. It's if if he goes off, but you contain everybody else. I mean, we saw it. The uh, yeah, EIU. You, you have yeah, a chance. You got a chance. I mean, they. He literally needed to bank home a three at the buzzer for the win. I mean, it's it's tough. What, it's tough that, to do that. And that's when, what happened. It's I mean, let's look at this in the big picture. You went three and two on a five game OVC road trip. That's pretty good. Take that. Listen, if you go three and two on the road and win your home games, you're cooking. Yeah, just fine. Doing just fine. Men's basketball, as we all pretty sure all know now from last week. Um, off for COVID-19 reasons, so that EIU game, still the most recent game played by the Governors. But we did find out that uh, the ESPN, the, the January 28th game against Belmont will be an ESPNU contest here in the Dunn Center. Second national appearance of the season for the Governors. And yet another opportunity for Terry Taylor to uh, talk the talk and walk the walk as one of the nation's premier college basketball players. He's the only one in the nation that's ascended this year. I mean, yeah, see, the, the ascension of Terry Taylor is a it, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It'll be a fun game. I don't think, I don't know when the last time we were on ESPNU at Belmont was. I can't remember one. It's always been the Murray game. Um, we were on ESPNU against Belmont two years ago. Was it there? No, it was the uh, OBC tournament semi two years ago. Oh, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of like a home game. 
Oh, that um, wasn't Murray State that got national television. Uh, we've had a fair few. Um, I think it's cool that's just because, as far as I can remember, it's only the Murray State games to get the national TV. I don't think it's been an ESPN. I think it's been either a CBS Sports or back when. I do remember a CBS Sports game against them. Now that you say that, I I can't remember if it was them or it might that have might been a Martin game. I was, I'm thinking Martin. That was Martin. I'm, I'm thinking was it the Martin game where the kid beat us on the buzzer beater? I don't. I just know there was a Martin CBS Sports game because I was like a sophomore. Me and Alex Saw were sitting right behind the CBS Sports guys, and his dad texted us because we like every time they went to those two, like we we're in the front row behind them, like not by plan. Like we just like we walked in sat where we normally sure. sat. Okay. And there was two CB like. Okay, me me thanks you. Don't there was two random dudes. There was two random much. dudes in suits there, and usually it's not where the broadcasters sit because they didn't sit at center court. They're like, kind of off to the left in front of our bench. Was that when we had the bench, when we had the uh, the tables broken up in that ill-fated attempt at courtside seating between the tables? I sure think it was. Yeah. That didn't. It just turned into <laughs> Ashley and Sean sitting, sitting yeah. in between the announcers and yelling for yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah. Which was fun. It was fun. Not really the point, though. No, not not, not what we were going for. No. Um, since we didn't really have much else last week, which is not a theme that we're going to be able to say very much longer, uh, as you'll see the schedule quickly. Business is about to pick up. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk a little MLB hot stove. The stove's heating up, boys. The stove is heating up. George Springer, Michael Brantley, it's all happening. The Padres traded for another pitcher for reasons that defy. They, the, the Padres are the best pitching staff ever. I'm not going to go with ever, but I, I mean, mean, what are they rolling with? They're rolling with you, Darvish. The, uh, they're making the whole team out of starting pitchers. Clevenger, you, Darvish, Clevenger. Blake Snell. Blake Snell. Uh, Denilson Lamette. Denilson Lamette. Mackenzie Gore. Like, who's not even there yet? Like, well, like, he spent most of last year. I guess up. so. Like, Mackenzie Gore could be your five. Joey Lucchese could be your five. No, Joey Lucchese went out of town in the uh, Joe Musgrove deal. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Max, you get the cheer for. Uh, Another OVC guy up in up in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, that's right. I forgot Rim Dog was making terrible life choices and being a Pirates fan. Hey, you know what, Joey? The case he never did well. He was at SEMO. Beat Austin P. Beat Austin P. Yeah, it's a fun little fun little nugget. Fun little nug for you fans out there. Joey Lucchese, zero and two against the Guffs. Are your uh, are your Reds gonna gonna make a move at some point? Or? <sighs> no, probably not. Uh, because. The Castellini family doesn't care about winning like other teams do, and they're afraid to spend money. But I could give that, you all, I that, could, that seems that seems to be a – We uh, could do a whole other rant about Bob Castellini and his family ruining the Reds, but we won't. I mean, that seems to be a feature rather than a bug when it comes to the NL Central. It's Listen it's to, a real race to the bottom right now. Really, the Reds are the high spenders in the NL Central, but Ugh. that's not good. I, mean, I still th- – when, uh, when the Mets traded for Lindor yesterday, I texted my dad and said, can Steve Cohen own the Reds too? I mean, yeah, he could. Steve Cohen's got a lot of money. And I was like, that'd be super cool because he seems to, you know, not be afraid to spend money, but um, and not afraid to uh, fire people who should be fired correct. quickly and expediously, as as we saw with the. I just wish they'd resign Trevor Bauer, and if they're not going to resign Trevor Bauer, bring me a shortstop. Or actually, they need to do both. Yeah, both would probably be perfect. Both would be good, but I'd like. You don't you don't really have much waiting in the wings in terms of starters up there, do you? I mean, the rotation's going to go Gray Castillo. And then it's going to be... Are they going to hang on to Castillo? Yeah. the They said the the Yankees trade they wanted apparently included Gliber and prospects. And they said they wanted more. And the Reds were like, nope, peace out. Um, at least that's what I read. I mean, for 
Glaber and prospects seems like a pretty decent haul, depending on the prospects. No, I, I think if you could get, I don't think that's a terrible trade. Like I like Luis Castillo, and I'd love for him to stay with the Reds. But I think you get Glaber Torres and a couple. If you get like Torres and Clark Schmidt, like s- sign me up. They got to get arms. I mean, that's the thing is they're sending out. I think Clark Schmidt's the guy that you could put in immediately too. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe. Um. I don't know. I think I'd like. I think I'm 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 coming around more to your idea, which is sign Simmons and then try and get Bauer too, because Simmons is going to be the cheapest shortstop out there, as compared to Gregorius and Simeon. And like, his his power is going to play more in Cincinnati than it would in Anaheim to begin with. Also, he can hit like seventh in Cincinnati, as opposed to they hit him like second. They hit him second. They hit him leadoff, which he is not a leadoff guy. No, I think I think that would actually work out, um, especially if you get the Castillo Gray. Bauer trio back at the top of the rotation. That's a lot of ground balls, and nobody's going to get the more ground balls than Anderson Simmons. No. They should just trade for Chris Bryant. Just just go. Stick, I mean, stick Chris Bryant at shortstop? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Put him or Suarez at shortstop. I put him in. I mean, they're both tall. They can't move at all. But Suarez isn't very tall, I don't think. He's like 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, five, Maybe Is six he? foot. Hmm. He doesn't seem very tall. Hmm. I thought, I guess... They all look tall on television, I suppose. Really, you could put Nick Sandell at shortstop. He's a college shortstop. Just been an outfielder ever since he got to double A. I mean, you could do a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the fact of the matter is, if you somehow trade for Chris Bryant, you're going to be scoring 10 runs a game. And uh, I would really like Bauer, though, because I don't like the bottom of the rotation going Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, and Michael Lorenzen. I think that two of those three are probably fine, but I don't know which two. I think Malley's okay. But I don't want both of the other two in the rotation. If Malley and Miley are your four and five, you're probably doing all right. If they're your three and four, you're probably not destined for a deep I think run. I think Tyler Malley could be a three. And I think he's fine. I'm still last year the Wade Miley experiment last year went so poorly that I'm very skeptical of him because he couldn't stay healthy at all. And when he was healthy, he was awful. That's which is very contrary to what he's usually just been super average his entire career, which is really what I wanted, but he wasn't. And then Michael Lorenzo was bad last year in the bullpen. We finally let him start the last two or game, the last two trips through the rotation last year. He was bad, better. I, don't know, I think TJ Anton had a good year and should be in the rotation. Well, we'll be back on this week in Reds grievances right after this. But uh, since this is ostensibly an Austin P podcast, we're going to shut Casey up about the Reds and welcome in Cody Yeski of the Austin Peay softball team. Hit coach extraordinaire right after this. Cody Yeski has been on staff at Austin P for three seasons now, but is eager to return to action for 2021, given how the 2020 campaign ended. She and the Govs have their sights set on reaching heights unseen in program history with a team filled with veteran talent. Set to debut February 19th. But first, let's get to know more about Coach Yeski on the PCAS. Coach, how are you today? Good, well, how are you? I'm great. So uh, one of the things that I did not expect to learn when researching you was your status as state baking champion. 
yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a baker anymore, but I was when I was in high school. Um, yeah, and I took home a couple of first place trophies and um, brownies, muffins, and cheesecake, I think it was. It's been a long time, but I think that sounds right. So what led you to get out of the baking game? Um, really just, I, I just left the culinary program at my high school. So we had kind of like a technical school. Um, so when you're upperclassmen, um, you could choose like if you wanted to do um, nursing or like um, <clears throat> metalworking, uh, culinary. And I think there was like, um, there's a group that like built houses for people like um, Habitat for, Human for Humanity or something like that. So I went with cooking. I really enjoyed cooking when I was a kid. So I went with the culinary program um, and then drove to a different school every morning, did that for two hours. Um, and then we had to, um, we basically just like prep food for parties or something that was going on at that school. Um, and then every year we had to enter in the uh, baking contest at the state fair. So um, I entered in a couple categories and then ended up winning first place in all three. So, um, and that was the last time I did it. I think I was a senior when I did that. That was the last time I did it. And then, I don't know, I just like cooking now more so than baking, I guess. So just kind of got away from it. And now one of your passions has turned to rescuing animals. Uh, you got three dogs and two turtles? How does one rescue dogs. a turtle? Yeah, two turtles and a fish. We have a bed of fish. Um, so my fiance gives uh, pitching lessons and she was given the lesson and um, one of her kids had a couple of turtles that were outside at a, in a tank um, in her backyard. And they had thought that they were, they were already dead. Um, and Allison went back there and they ended up just being under a few sheets of ice. Um, and so she wasn't going to leave without bringing them home. So she called me when she left her lesson. She was like, I have some bad news for you. You're not going to be happy. Um, I rescued some turtles. And I was like, cool, cool. So she's never had turtles before, but I had them growing up. Anybody who had turtles know they smell terrible. Um, but I'm, uh, I kind of get that from my mom. We, we rescue animals. My mom actually has a rescue dog right now. It seems like she always has one. Um, so I get it. I understand it. So we, I went to Walmart that night, got them the whole setup. They have a nice little tank now. They get some mealworms every day. Um, they're living they're living their best life now, for sure. So we got some rescue turtles in the house. During, I don't know if this is during quarantine or just something you've done over the course of the last year, but I understand you've taken up woodworking to pass the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have always liked building things, um, but never really grew up like helping my parents build anything or anything like that. Um, but I started to uh, acquire a lot of tools. Um, I like creating things. Like I like um, just like kind of solving problems, I guess that we might have here. Um, and so I decided to uh, make some blanket ladders for some of my family members for Christmas. That seems to be a popular, a popular gift. Um, and then it just kind of spiraled from that. And now I've made, um, we made a dog crate for one of our dogs. So I made one of those, made a couple more blanket ladders. Um, I'm in the process right now of building a, um, a little table that kind of sits behind the couch that has some plugins in it. So that's my next project. Um, but it's really nice. It just gives me some solace. It, it lets me, you know, do something besides softball, which I don't have a lot of free time. But when I do, I try to do something else. Um, and it's nice. I get to just be outside and make stuff with my hands. And it's it's um, it's really peaceful. I enjoy it a lot. So hopefully I'll get better at it. I'm okay at it now, but we're getting there. The dog crate sounds incredibly complicated. How long did that take you? It was actually pretty easy. Um, it was only hard because we don't have a garage. So I was basically like shining. I was using my mouth to hold a flashlight and had a headlamp and I was doing it outside at night. Um, but it only took me a day or so, really. It wasn't too complicated. Um, it wasn't anything fancy. It was literally just a top and a frame. So 
um, but it looks nice. It looks like it was fancy. Uh, you're vegan, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. How long have you been vegan? Um, it's been about a year now. Um, it was. It has to be very close to being almost a year exactly. Um, I was uh, in Atlanta at my fiance's house and she was at work and I watched um, two documentaries back to back, The Game Changers and um, What the Health. And after watching those two documentaries, she came home and I was like, I'm not eating another piece of meat. And I haven't ever since then. Um, and it's kind of just something that um, I really thought it was going to be difficult during softball season last year. And it actually be, it ended up being okay once I got the hang of it. Um, and I just haven't really missed it. And it's been good. Um, it's obviously good for our health, good for the environment. So we feel good about it. Um, and ever since COVID happened and there's been like a meat shortage, there's been a ton of plant-based options that have kind of come out a lot more. Um, so it's been pretty easy for the most part. Um, it's just prepping, you know, I can't just run in somewhere and run through fast food and get something to eat. I've got to be prepared a little bit more, but um, it's, it's been enjoyable and, and beneficial for sure. So we love it. And your fiance joined you on this journey too. Yeah, actually, um, when we first started dating, she was like, oh, we should go vegan. And I was like, no way. I love meat. Bacon's my favorite. I'll never, ever go vegan. Don't say that to me again. And so when I said it to her, she was like, huh, that's really funny. I tried to do this about two years ago. So, um, so yeah, we're both in it together. And she loves to tell that story about how I rejected her early on about being vegan. And then it was my idea to do it. And so now we're doing it. So, but yeah, we're doing it together. Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, we moved there, my mom and I moved there when I was three. So I pretty much only ever known, known Columbia. Um, I was born in, in the Chicago area, but I moved away when I was too young to remember that. So yeah, pretty much Columbia is where I call home. And you grew up on a farm, correct? Uh, yeah, in, in a roundabout way. Um, I said earlier, my mom is like, uh, she likes to rescue things. So um, we have uh, four horses, a donkey, um, probably about 30 chickens, a couple guineas, um, and a rescue dog. Two rescue dogs are at the house right now, actually. Um, and then my mom has a, a labradoodle. So we've, we've got a lot of everything. Um, we love, we love, my mom loves chickens. We have a chicken. Um, her name is Tina. She looks like Tina Turner. Her hair looks like Tina Turner. So we call her Tina. And the donkey is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, um, mom doesn't really do anything but sell eggs. She sells eggs in the store that she owns. Um, so not really a farm as far as like we produce anything more so just we have a lot of animals on some land and that's just kind of what we do. Go home, take care of the horses and chickens and all that stuff. When did you take up softball? Um, I think I started softball when I was around four or five. Um, I actually wanted to play baseball. Um, my older cousin, he was playing baseball at the time and I wanted to play baseball with him and they had just started um, a, a youth softball league like right across the street. So um, instead of playing baseball, my parents signed me up for softball, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, so literally started playing when I was four or five, um, and it's been my life ever since then. I haven't stopped playing. What's your favorite memory of the sport? Um, wow, well, there's a lot to pick from, um, but I think my time at South Carolina was um, has, has so far has been has been really awesome. Um, you know, I met some of my best friends, some of the people that are going to be in my wedding there. Um, just my experiences and my relationships with my coaches and my teammates. Um, all that stuff has been really awesome. Um, I think like the total experience that I remember the most is kind of um, being a part of a team that kind of puts South Carolina back on the map. Um, where they're at now and where they were at about 10 years ago is, is a pretty big disparity. Um, and so we were a part of that team that really came in, you know, our first couple of years and, and got, got roughed up pretty, pretty good. 
Um, and then we were able to go to a couple back-to-back -back regionals and, and beat some ranked teams. Um, and so just being a part of that, those first few steps in Coach Smith's first couple years there, um, those memories and just winning those couple games and, you know, being something that people didn't expect us to be, those, those kind of memories, those things, being a part of those experiences with those people, um, those are some of the, the better parts of, of what's been great about my softball career. And to do it for the hometown school, how special was that for you? Yeah, really awesome. Um, so I didn't originally go to South Carolina. I ended up going to Presbyterian my first year, um, but I was always a South Carolina fan, loved South Carolina, was recruited by South Carolina, just made the choice to not go there. Um, but then when I was able to transfer back there my sophomore year and then be at home and be the hometown kid um, and then do that in front of my friends, in front of my family, um, it was just really, really special. Um, it's super cool to, to grow up and be a part of that community um, and then, you know, you think you're a part of that community and then you end up going to school there and you just become an even bigger part of that. Um, and University of South Carolina, I'm obviously biased, but it's, it's a really special place. Um, and they love sports. South Carolina doesn't have any professional sports teams. So college is, is where it's at. So Clemson, South Carolina, that robbery, um, it's as big as it can be. Um, and so being a part of any kind of athletic, anything in South Carolina, in Columbia, um, it really is, is an awesome experience. It's really something special. Um, you really wouldn't be able to explain it unless you're, unless you're in it. And you also represented Team USA um, during your, was it during your collegiate career or right after your collegiate career? It was right after, yeah. Um, right after, um, you know, uh, the opportunities to play professional softball are very limited. Um, and so I didn't end up doing that, um, wasn't, didn't have that opportunity, but my assistant coach reached out to me and said that, you know, maybe I could uh, look in and try out for the USA women's baseball team, which at the time I didn't know existed. Um, and so I went to tryouts, ended up making a team that went down to qualify us for the Pan American Games um, in the Dominican Republic, went down there as a backup third baseman. Um, the very first game, I think it was the first game, our third baseman ended up having a collision at third base. She got her knee slid open, got some stitches, wasn't able to play again the rest of the week. So I ended up playing third base the whole time down there. And um, that was a really awesome experience to be a part of that team that ended up helping us win that and qualifies for the Pan American Games. Um, and then was invited back for trials. Um, didn't end up making the Pan American team, but um, those group of girls, and they're really women is, is really what they are. They're, those group of women um, who do that and who compete on that level with no, um, with no real, they don't have they don't have much of an audience. A lot of people don't know that they exist. Um, but any opportunity that you have to play for your country is is incredible. And um, those women and and even some of the men that are involved in that program are, are incredible people. Um, so just being able to be a very very small part of that was was a really cool experience. Um, so I did that for for just the year or so. Um, and had to step away for an injury, but um, but yeah, it was it was a really awesome experience. Um, something that I never saw coming. Uh, to be able to play baseball, you know, in my 20s, but it was, it was really cool. You've referenced it a few times, but congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I did a little bit of light Instagram stalking, and so just tell me, kind of set the scene on how you did it, because it looked pretty cool. Yeah, so um, I had uh, decided that, uh, well, I guess I knew pretty early on that um, I was going to propose to Allison, and um, that summer, um, I picked out the ring and I was kind of trying to figure out how we could squeeze it in in our schedules. Um, we had a very limited amount of time. We had a friend's wedding that we had to go to and she had to be back for a camp um, on Saturday, on Sunday. So 
we were trying to figure out how we could squeeze this in. Um, and then my mom, who never meets a stranger, um, ends up having a friend who had just bought a helicopter. Um, and he had just got his license. And so she was like, look, let me call Cliff. And let me see if he would be willing to take you up in the helicopter. That would be super cool. And so I was like, yeah, that would be pretty that would be pretty sweet. I don't think I'll be able to top that by myself. So it ended up working out really well. Um, and I told her we were going to dinner and she was like, okay, cool. Like, and she's super easy going, just goes with the flow. I'm the uptight one. So she's like, cool, yeah, let's go to dinner. And then my mom called that was set up and was like, hey, Cliff said he could take you on a helicopter ride over the lake before dinner if you guys want to do that. And I was like, oh yeah, that would be sweet. So cool, we'll go on the helicopter ride. So we drive over, get in the helicopter. He takes us over Lake Murray. Um, and then he's like, hey, I've got to I've got to land in Pillion and, and get some gas before we head back to the house. So Allison's just in the back, just enjoying the helicopter ride, doesn't have a clue what's going on. I'm nervous as heck. I'm trying to keep my ring in my boot because it keeps slipping out. Um, but yeah, she has no idea until um, she loves telling this part of the story until I get out of the helicopter and I walk around the side and I grab her hand. And so she was like, that's when I knew something was weird because you grabbed my hand and we were around people. She was like, that's when I knew something was up. And by that time, my mom was in the air in the airplane hangar. Um, she hit the button, the hangar opened up and there were the roses and all that stuff out. And then she kind of figured what was going on. So it was really cool, really special. Um, I love that she really had no idea what was going on up until the very last minute. So um, that was really fun, but it was it was definitely a, a team effort on that. Um, my mom helped me out a lot and then just knowing the right people um, who were willing to help and be a part of something super special. So yeah, it wasn't all me, but it just worked out incredibly well. Man, you set the board incredibly high for future engagements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um I, I feel good about that one. I feel really good about it. Let's do some more dissociation about your hitters. I'm, right. I'm gonna say a name and you say the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Emily Moore. Uh strong. Lexi Osowski. Controlled. Emily Harkle Road. Scrappy. Kelsey Gross. Aggressive. Bailey Shorter. Swag. Brett Jackson. Um, powerful. Drew Dudley. Clutch. Brooke Fefferly. Oh man. Yeah, she's another um she's another swaggy one to me. Got a lot of swag on my team. We do. I mean Brooke and Bailey, they they've they've got it for sure. That's how they one two punch. They've got it. Cody, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Um, wow, that's a loaded one. Um, I think one of my favorite words, um, just probably just rolling off of just because I'm in like softball mode because of the hitter thing, um, is, is process. What is your least favorite word? Laziness. Who or what inspires you? My mom. What's the last book you read for fun? Um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. What's your worst habit? Um, worst habit would probably be um, assuming the worst. What app on your phone gets the most use? Twitter. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Um, anytime I'm in water because I cannot swim. What is your idea of happiness? Um, I would say just being peaceful, being fulfilled. What is your idea of misery? Being lonely. What makes you self-conscious? 
what other people think about me. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Oh, probably. Uh, what's that song? It's a uh, Gangnam Style. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tough. How would you prefer to die? In my sleep. If you reincarnated, what would you like to come back as, and why? I would like to come back as my mom's rescued dog. What might prompt you to lie? Uh, disappointing somebody. What makes you hopeful? The future. What is our purpose in life? Um, I think to just uh, to guide people, to help people, to love people. Um, yeah, that would, that would be it. Regardless of who it is, what is one question you would ask our next guest? Um, what's the reason that you get up every day and do what you do? What's your reason? Uh, my kids. My kids. I love my kids. Um, I had a really good experience as a student athlete, and I want to I pass that on to them. So I do it for them. Last week, Delaney Schaefer asked, if you had a boat, what would you name it? Got a boat, what would I name it? Uh, um, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> That's awesome. So coach, what is the next step for you? Like, what is, what are you hoping, what are your hopes and dreams 10 years, 20 years down the line? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an interesting question. You know, coaching is a, is an interesting career. Um, you know, it could, it could change in a matter of a day. Um, so for me, I, I love working with the staff that I'm working with. I love working for Coach K. Um, I will I will ride out this wave as long as I could possibly ride it. Um, I think we work really well together. Um, I've had a really great experience here. I've grown a lot. This is my first job. Um, I've been here for three years, but it feels like I've been here for 10. Um, I've learned a lot, gotten to be a part of a lot, um, made some mistakes, gotten some things right. Um, so for me, I think that um, I, I do want to be a head coach one day. But um, I know that I'm not quite there yet, not quite ready. So I want to continue learning, want to continue growing. Um, I don't want to settle. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be comfortable with where I'm at. Um, so I just want to, I just want to impact as many lives as I can and introduce the game and get kids to, you know, fall in love with the game and see the game the way that that we do. Um, and I would really just, you know, love to be a part of the process for some student athletes. Um, getting to develop them as athletically is awesome, but getting to be a part of their lives as people um, is, is really why we do what we do. So um, that's, that's the best part about this job is, is getting to hang out with 20-year-old kids who are, who are just figuring it out um, and getting to be there for their good days and their bad days and be a part of that. So I would love to continue doing that for as long as I'm able to continue doing that um, in whatever capacity, whether that's an assistant, if that's a head coach, um, whatever I need to be, it's not really, it's not really my decision. It's just what, what I'm, where I'm led to go and what I'm led to do. So um, that's really it. Don't have any, um, you know, I guess I don't have a, a path that I'm planning to walk. Um, I just want to go where I, where I felt like I'm, I'm being pulled to go. Well, as long as you're willing to be here, I think we're very, very lucky to have you and the impact that you're making on our student athletes. Uh, Cody Eski, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sometimes your words just hypnotize me And I just love your flashy ways I guess that's why they're broken You're so big Baby, baby, can't you see Sometimes your words just hypnotize me And I just love your flashy ways I guess that's why they're broken You're so big Biggie, biggie, biggie 
can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so fake. Uh, Thanks, Cody Eski, for coming on and taking a few minutes out of her week as she and the governors prepare for that long sought after opening day coming up in less than a month. Coming up this very evening, this Thursday night, men's basketball is back. We're back in the done. Back in the done for the hoops. The shooting of the hoops, welcoming in. Tennessee Tech and Jacksonville State this week. Tennessee Tech has been pretty not great all around, but at the same time, can't really afford to overlook a team that has, I won't say thrown a scare, but certainly been competitive. They're not just getting, they had a terrible, terrible non-conference schedule. Took them on the road, took them to places like Indiana, Tennessee, Western Kentucky, like places that are tough to win at anyway. And since league play started, I mean, yes, they got beat up on pretty good by Belmont. That has happened to a lot of teams in this league. Yeah, nothing to, nothing to frown about there. But they've they've been competitive against EKU. They've been competitive against Moorhead, two of the better teams in this league right now. So overlook the Golden Eagles at your peril. As for Jacksonville State, you know exactly what you're going to get out of them. Ray Harper's got them. It's a tough squad. They're physical. It's probably going to be a low-scoring game because that tends to be what happens. They – trap they play super aggressive defense and they're coming into this building for the first time in a little while so looking forward for all the men's basketball action this weekend Tennessee Tech women's team's dangerous uh picked to finish fourth in both preseason polls decent year last year they've got a lot of good players on that team uh three or four they've got a middle Tennessee transfer she's having a good year that's just uh it's just they beat us last year they're uh, they're a good team that they're going to have to uh, play better than we did th- last weekend. Well, they're not at the Martin Simo level. They're not at the Martin Simo level, but I would say that if we want to get up to that tier right behind Martin and Simo, this is the team we've got to beat and get on the, our level with. Yeah, that's true. That's and, very true. Uh, if you want to start, you want to start inching your way up there. You got to rise to the top of this kind of second cut. And when this, I would say this is the top of the second cut, like uh, at least over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, big game for the women's team tonight. Jacksonville State on Saturday. Uh, don't know a lot about the Jacksonville State team, except for this is all I need to know. They beat Martin this year. Woo! Well then. Yep. All right. So uh, watch watch that tape they, several times. Yeah, they're uh, listen. Anybody can go in there and beat that Martin team. I don't know. I don't know where they did it. I think I was it was. Say, it might have been it? at anywhere. Anybody that can beat that Martin team, no matter where you're doing it, um, you've got to watch out for. They we played them close there last year. It's, uh, it's a team you got to look out for again. Casey, for the first time in. Nearly a year, we are previewing something this week that is not basketball or football. Neither. That's right. Cross country and women's tennis starting up this weekend. Woo! Both events in Nashville overlapping, I believe. Is it? When are the, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the, one. Okay. Yeah, I think the 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 crossers are on. Sunday morning, but either way. Hey, you know, you, still the defending Ohio Valley Conference champions in women's tennis. You're Austin P. Governors. You're Austin P. Governors. We're going to try this title defense thing uh, one more time. One, t- one, one more time. It's just uh, nice to have some stuff to 
break up the not that basketball and football is a monotony, but boy, is it just nice to have something else, a palate cleanser, if you will. How are your long range runners, runners looking? I mean, it's been over a year since they did anything. I mean, you're talking fall 2019, the last time they got out there and got after it. To say I don't have the foggiest notion until they run this weekend is the God's honest truth. Uh, they've added several pieces. They've lost several pieces. We shall see how those pieces come together. That's uh, just about the opposite of the women's tennis team. Um, yeah, they're a juggernaut. Boy, they are good. They, so I don't know if you could yet call them better than the OVC championship team with the Giannis Garcia twins, but – they but are but better, to, but they are better than they were when they entered last season, because Yana Leader joined the team in January last year, and immediately won her first nine singles matches in this country as a college athlete. Um, so now she's had a year of getting used to things. Oh, and she's going to be the three behind two of the top three players in the OVC behind Fabi Schmidt and Danielle Morris. Um, you know, if the OVC was really serious about saving money and saving travel the way that we're espousing to be this year because of all the uncertainties that have surrounded COVID-19 from a financial standpoint, we could just award our women's tennis program Listen, the OVC title right now. And there's going to be a women's tennis preseason rankings list that comes out next week. It's not been – well, we don't know anything about it yet. I don't know a thing about it. There's going to be four governors on that list. You calling your shot here? At, at, yes. Yes, I'm calling my shot. Fabian Schmidt will be on that list again. Daniel Morris will be on that list again. Fabian Schmidt may be at the Fabi very Schmidt top of maybe that at list. The, that, I think the girl from EIU that was ahead of her last year is back, So, but Fabian Schmidt I still think could overtake her on that. Martina Paladina Jennings on that list last year. She's back. Yana Leader deserves to be on that list. I don't know if her one month of tennis at Austin P is going to get her there, but she should be on that list. We'll see. I'm calling my shot. She should be on it. I think that four, if you get four people on that list. You're the boy. You're the prohibitive favorite. I mean, the preseason favorite is, I mean, it's not even close at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it should be anyway. That's, that is a, that is a team that could, that they could not only run the league, you could be talking like, sweet, 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 sweet. All the way there down. was a streak they had on that team. There, let's see if they can catch that uh, last championship team sweep streak. It was like 15 straight matches or something where they just, I mean, just didn't lose to anybody. Is it on the table? We're not saying it is. Like I said, I'm not willing to say they're as good as them yet, but I'm saying that they have they have every chance in the world to be just as good as that team. Not saying it is on the table, but we're not saying it's off the table either. Conference championship week in the NFL. Bucks Packers. Chefs, Bills, who you got? I want Buffalo to win. I think Buffalo will win. I think Buffalo can win. I am prepared to eat mountains of crow if I am incorrect because there's also very much a chance that Patrick Mahomes shows up just as Patrick Mahomes. Right, that's why I I want Buffalo to win. I think they can, but Patrick Mahomes can't go Texans game crazy like he did last year. I think that if... Any team can get into a shootout and stops battle with Kansas City. It is Buffalo. Buffalo. The uh, NFC. I'm not going to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I just it's it's been fun. It's been real Tampa, but boy, 
Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady at this moment, and I'm not sure how close it is. But not just that. Like, it's the defenses. In Lambeau. In Lambeau. The frozen tundra. I mean, if you look, I think not only is Rodgers considerably better than Brady at this point, I think Rodgers is considerably better than almost anybody playing the position at this point. Except Allen and Mahomes. Pretty much, yeah. Is LaFleur better than Bruce Arians as a head coach? Maybe. The only place I like the Bucks better is they have better weapons for Brady to get the ball to. With, I mean, they've got Chris Godwin, they've got Mike Evans, they've got Gronk, Fournette and Ronald Jones both had decent games. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. And then Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. Yeah, there's Baldus Scantling. Robert Tanyan's been good this year. Aaron Jones has been pretty good Devontae this year. Devontae Adams is the only one that matches up with those guys the Bucks have terms of weapons i would say tanya's better than gronkowski right now i'll, okay. I'll shout that from a rooftop into a megaphone don't they have second. another tight end on that team that's pretty good um uh, oj howard maybe who the bucks yeah has uh, oj howard done anything this year no but i feel like he is uh, maybe i'm wrong maybe i mean I'm if wrong. we're if we're including people who also are on the roster scotty miller catches two passes a game okay that's <laughs> fair uh i think so we're both in agreement bills packers I think so. Okay. I mean, I again, to to be like, yeah, of course, duh, the Chiefs are going to lose. Yeah, like, my home's is going to lose. That's stupid. That's dumb. To, to, to deal in absolutes on that front. If <laughs> I had to pick a team to throw my support behind for the rest of the way, it's Buffalo, though. Oh, yeah, totally. I think that that's just – I like watching them play. I think they're – I would love to watch their fans if they win the Super Bowl. I'd like to watch their fans in the lead-up to – is this a gap year? Is this a gap year this year? Where you got a gap between, yeah, this is a gap year where you got a gap, a week gap between the Super Bowl and the. I thought that was always a gap. It hasn't always been that way. Oh, okay. But I think it is this year, and what they might get up to during a gap year will be. Uh, oh boy. Who oh boy? Table's going to be going for quite, quite a, quite a, quite a pretty penny in Buffalo. Yeah. Who, who is it that makes the style table? I, I would like to get into the. Can yeah. we buy stock in folding tables? You can. <laughs> That's your stock tip of the week. Uh. Go, Buffalo go, wins. Go for folding, folding tables. tables. Uh, rounding out the uh, the football discussion, does the end of the line for Phil Rivers and probably, probably Drew Brees? It. I know Drew Brees had mitigating circumstances last week in that his body was uh, basically a sack full of bones and <laughs> just ribs rattling around. Yeah, just like you shake him. <laughs> You, you shake him, and it sounds like the Marine Band's going he down the street. He was wearing Kevlar under his pads. But, boy, did he look washed. And I, Phil, Phil Rivers will be – I assume he'll be remembered. He'll probably go – he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He was like fifth all-time in passing yards. But what what will your memories of Rivers and Breeze be? For me, my Rivers memories, that just it's the one year in Indianapolis. I mean, he was a good one year – he was better than what Jacoby Brissett would have gave them by eight miles. Uh, yeah, I don't think Jacoby Brissett. I think it's fair. I don't I, think they I, went 11 games with Jacoby Brissett. I think that they probably are a postseason team with Jacoby Brissett, but I don't think they're dangerous. Throwing, I don't think they're throwing a scare into the Bills. They're uh, they're good. Tillipers was a good one year one year option, and it got them to a year now where there's a lot of good quarterbacks available. I think there sure are. Who would you like your next quarterback in Indianapolis to be? Uh, well, you couldn't guess this one earlier, but I think that if you put this guy on the Colts. They are a serious problem for the rest of the league with their defense, their running game. They re-signed T.Y. Hilton and the Forrest Buckner. It's a trade for another quarterback, Matthew Stafford. 
Mm. Intriguing. I mean, think about this. Matthew Stafford, what, 31 years old? I think that, I mean, there's few quarterbacks in the league throw the ball better than Matthew Stafford, and I think other quarterbacks in the NFL have said that. He's just been hidden in Detroit on terrible teams his whole career. You get 31-year-old Matthew Stafford for a couple years. He's coming out of Detroit with a chip on his shoulder to show people that he was not the problem for the Lions being so bad. I mean, it will certainly be a change in the wins for Matthew Stafford to have a running game. Good receivers since Calvin Johnson retired. Yeah, decent receiving core. A line that may not get him murdered. A defense. A good head coach. Yeah, he, fr- he doesn't have to score. He doesn't have to lead the offense to 38 points. Frank Reich's his head coach. Like, that guy's stable and, like, has control of the team instead of Matt Patricia. Or whatever. Jim Caldwell. I mean, bite your arm off for Jim Caldwell after the Matt Patricia years. But I think that Matthew Stafford, and I think Matthew, I think. I was talking to my dad yesterday, and he's a Pittsburgh fan. I said, I think one of us needs to have Matthew Stafford on our team next year. And I think that's – I think if Matthew Stafford had been on a good team for most of his career, he would be remembered very differently. Probably. Because I think Matthew Stafford's a really good quarterback. Probably. I mean, he can't stay healthy, but how much of that is the fact that his I think line like, but, gets him murdered? But his a lot of his injuries are like little things that he plays through, like mm-hmm. broken fingers and like broken toes. and. Well, But also you don't see – the good quarterbacks on the good teams deal with that because they built they, them a right. decent line that I gets think them protected. That's my number one choice. I think. I think I've. I think I'm in the Matt Stafford camp. But if that doesn't work, I would. Deshaun Watson. I don't think would ever get traded in inside the division. <laughs> if the if the Texans do that, it's because there's no other option. So I'm essentially considering him not not a possibility. So I think Carson Wentz is probably right there because I think him and Frank Wright could rekindle some Philly magic a little. Um, but if not that, if not those two, you could always Jacoby Brissett it for a year. And what about Sam Darnold? I think Sam Darnold, like you called him earlier, Ryan Tannehill reclamation project. It just depends on how fast it he can wash everything the New York Jets put in him out and go back to being Sam Darnold. I mean, you can you can have Brissett as kind of that stopgap until he's a functioning quarterback again. Right, and then you could always. I listened to Colin Coward yesterday talking about Indianapolis and Chris Ballard have proven they're not afraid to trade first-round picks so they could trade 21 and somebody – they pick at 21, I think, trade 21 and something else and try and move up and get a Trey Lance or if they really want to go up high, get a Justin Fields possibly. Ooh. But I think that's going to cost you – That's going to that's gonna that's cost, gonna cost, you, cost a you a bunch. So, I mean, I think that the Matt Stafford route's the best way to go. Um, I've heard that Detroit would be interested in trading him. I'm not sure. I mean, if you're Detroit and you're – Tearing it down for like the fifth time in the last ten years, you may as well just rip it down to the studs at this right. point. Right, I think, uh, I think if you're looking for a quarterback, this is not a bad year to be looking for a quarterback because I think there's they, a lot, there's, there are plenty out there. There's some quarterbacks out there who, if you put them on the right team, are like make. I, I think Matthew Stafford makes the Colts Super Bowl contender. I'm willing to say it right here. Wow, good, look good look at that def- hot take. Defense, run game. They re-sign T.Y. Hilton, and you give him Matthew Stafford, who, like I said, playing with a chip on his shoulder these days when he gets to Indianapolis. Closer to home, contact Haley Meyer for your community service opportunities. Now that you are back, student-athletes here in the Clarksville community, and we are so happy that you are back, go do some community service. Go do something good for the greater Clarksville area. You know what else would be good for you guys to do? Um, no. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or follow along on our official Facebook account called Austin P. Governors. Uh, all of our friends, well, our friend Robin, doing a lot of great digital media videos on those platforms, and our colleague, acquaintance, uh, our peer, 
Eric. He's he's doing some graphics too. He's, he's also around. Let's go p.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey Cody Bush and myself doing things over there pretty much all the time. And business is about to pick up as more and more sports get underway. You know what's coming up soon? Football. Football season. You know what's happening now? Basketball. What do you need to watch the Govs play? Both of those? Eyeballs. Tickets and eyeballs. How you, you got the eyeballs. Now you just need the tickets. How are you going to get those? You get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke, and her assistant, Johnny's Big Burger. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Tell us why the Bucks are destined to be Super Bowl champs and make great friend of the podcast, Jordan Harmon, happy. Tweet us. I'm at CWills at 225. He's at C underscore Craig 19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.